Hey, PYHG listeners, it's Cameron here. Rhea is out of town, so please miss her on this episode of the podcast. But don't miss her live in Portland, Maine on November 2nd, or in Boston on November 4th, or hey, we'll be together in Providence, Rhode Island on November 6th, 5th, not 6th, 5th. CameronEsposito.com slash tour dates for tickets. Bye. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your What's hands up, everybody? Thanks for coming out for the hands TV. Hands Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Esposito, the host of this show, and also a player for the Dodgers. A real player for the Dodgers. A real baseball player. And I I played in the World Series today for game one, and we won the game. And then I got in a quick helicopter, and I jumped right over here. So... Wow. You know what I mean? Because there's a few empty chairs and a few more than usual. I know it's because, like, oh, stressful World Series, 107 degrees. Like, those two things working together. It's like, it's so hot. You can't leave your bathtub. And you're also at the baseball game. All those things are happening. So there's a couple empty seats. But I just want you to know that I still came, even though I literally played in the World Series. (laughs) And if you followed the World Series at all, I actually hit a first pitch home run like this. As you can tell by my, the number on my jersey and the name, which is just transferable to whoever's wearing it. This is usually Chris Taylor's jersey, but he wasn't really feeling well, so I wore a mask of him. And Anyway, here I am at the stand-up comedy show. But my wife, Rhea, who often co-hosts this with me, in fact, I would say so often that she's the regular co-host of this show, um, is in New York right now. She's in New York working on a TV thing. She's got a TV thing that she's shooting tomorrow. This is a very exciting, exciting, fun TV thing, but also terrible because she loves baseball and the World Series are... The World Series is... It's one series. The World Series is very close to her house. She's not here for any of it. I am going tomorrow! I liked that entrance. I thought that was a cool way to enter late. Sometimes when people enter late, they pretend they don't know the show's going on. That's a very fucking stupid thing to do. What you did was, you walked at the right time when it was a good time for people to clap, and you clapped as you walked. So it almost made it seem like I was somebody who had ordered a parade of clappers. Like, it almost felt like we didn't know when that was gonna stop. Like, like, like oh, there seems to be a couple empty seats, but it's just because the parade of clappers isn't, oh, they seat a lot of the audience, but then the rest of the clapping part, they actually come in as Cameron's doing a thing. She goes, I'm going to the World Series! And they just all come in clapping. What a kind of a cool, interesting, alternative comedy show. Yeah, well, yeah, it is. Because um, I, I don't want all the audience to start in here. You know, I want to win you individually. Come in. Gradually over the night, I'll reintroduce myself. Anyway, you know what? I was just on a fucking bus touring the country. I wasn't driving the bus. I don't know why I'm making these arms. Um, I was on a bus touring the country doing stand-up comedy for everyone that could pay $40 a ticket. Um, you know what? Except for Houston. We, uh, because we did, the sh- we did the show for free in Houston. We said, come, Houston, to the show because you just went through a very terrible... Hurricane, so come to the show for free. And that was so nice of us that then they also went to the World Series because we did that. I was just talking to some of the comics that are on the show tonight, and you know, my wife Rhea loves baseball so much more than anything. I really like baseball, I don't love it more than anything. I like my wife and the rest of my family, my dog. I like Celine Dion because she's so earnest. I like a lot of stuff, but I do like baseball a lot. But I like 
it for different reasons. I was just trying to... And you know what else? Not... I don't think these are, like, girly reasons. You know, because there's, like, a... Well, men get... Listen, I know there, I know there, you're, there are some men here, but you have to stop making sports so patrolled about what can be loved. We were walking down the street the other day. Rio was wearing a full head-to-toe Dodger outfit because that's literally all she ever wears. And uh, somebody, a dude that was jogging past, he was on a jog. He turned around, started doing like the jogging backwards, I'm going to talk to you motion, and went, are you a real fan? Which is so aggressive. And then also it's like, you're jogging. Like how much, like what do you, what kind of conversation do you want to happen right now? Because it's, it's like yes or no, right? Yes, I am a real fan. Prove it! How? how? N- name s- some stats. Like, what? Don't you want to keep... Anyway, um... But so men can get very hazing about sports. I think that's very silly because, number one, you realize we're not even fucking out there, right? Like, there were... I... I don't know how many times I've been to a professional sporting event that wasn't the WNBA and been like, I can't believe we're all just sitting around here watching men. Like, that is nuts that it's just like, yes, women go to this. Non-binary people go to this. Like, fucking babies go to this. And we all watch these men that are 21 to 25 years old. If you would let us care about sports, then we would make good observations like... Well, for instance, (laughs) the Yankees and the Astros were playing to get to the World Series. Go on. Oh, no. Oh, no. Thank you for your permission, my liege. set up like this graphics wise when it would go to commercial the star of the Astros is uh, this gentleman called Jose Altuve he says he's 5'6 or 5'7 but I have eyes in my face he's my size (laughs) we're the same size he's 5'4 for sure maybe he's smaller than me Um, he's so small he also hits a shit ton of home runs he's an amazing baseball player the star of the Yankees, he's not really the star, but they're like making him the star. Like he's kind of bad sometimes and strikes out all the time, but he just hits monster home runs, is Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge is 6'7". So, for like a lot of games, the two stars of the opposing teams were 5'4 and 6'7", and sometimes they would stand next to each other. And that would be so fun for everybody! You know what I mean? Like, oh, if your team gets a home run, or, like, if your team makes a killer catch, like, that's amazing for your team. But can't we all unite over the fact that it's funny that people are different sizes? Yes! And that's not some sports shit that you are going to hear commentators talking about. They want to talk about the last time that somebody hit... Uh, this kind of home run with this sort of wind going and the weather like this. <laughs> Fuck that shit. I want to talk about when is the last time that the two stars were such different sizes? <laughs> so anyway, sports are for everyone. Now it's just for this part of the audience. <laughs> I went on a bus tour with Rhea and that was... Just amazing. We were rock stars. We were living on a bus doing shows. And here's the thing I figured out about rock stars and doing shows and living on a bus. Drugs. You have to do drugs. You have to do drugs. I don't like... It just made me understand. Like, I don't... I'm not saying you have to do... I'm saying one has to do drugs. Like, literally, even if it's just z which I was hitting fucking hard. Because <laughs> you are done with your show, and then you are already on natural drugs, right? You're on, you're on adrenaline, 
And uh, because you've just performed in front of now, I mean, you see the size of this room, but I'm telling you, we were playing like thousand seat theaters, right? So you play for all those people and then all those people give you their energy and then you give them back amazing, hilarious jokes and you destroy. And then hundreds of people wait in line to speak to you. And this is just my life. (laughs) And then after that, you're just supposed to go get on a bus and it's very contained and small and there's not much going on, so you can go out if you if that's possible. You can like go somewhere else, um, or you can go to the bus and just like take a lot of sequels. So what I'm saying is, <laughs> like I get it, I understand that, and you kind of can't. You know what you also can't do? You can't figure out when you're supposed to eat. You understand? I don't know why I said that. Um, you can't figure out when you're supposed to eat because your show like. You're kind of, oh, I can't eat right before I go on stage because I have a lot of, because I burp too much. <laughs> if I've just eaten, trust me. It's, and you can try, you can try to hide it by like, <laughs> sort of pretending you're doing thoughtful pauses away from the microphone. And another thing. <laughs> but it's just not comfortable for the performer. Um, so you kind of can't eat, like, I can't eat two hours before a show. And then you do the show, and then you want to eat so much. But here's the fucking nonsense of it all. You can't poop on the bus. What? (laughs) You didn't even know that, unless you were here before we went to tour, where we talked about that extensively. Because all of our musician friends were like, hey, have a great time on tour. You know you can't, tour, you can't poop on the bus, right? Like that, they said that as if it was one sentence. And I said, no, I didn't know that. Why did I sign a contract to go on a bus? What do you mean? You're in just like a holding cell where you can't shit? And they go, yes, that's right. And so then you're trying to figure out like, if I eat, I'm starving. But if I eat a bunch of stuff, <laughs> how's this gonna go down? So anyway, that's why rock stars are so skinny and they do so many drugs. Because they're really hyped up and they need to go to sleep and also they don't want to poop because they don't want to say to the bus driver, oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. Can you stop at the next... You know, so anyway, it's actually like really rational and normative. And rock stars are doing just what any of us would have done under the same situation. Like Iggy Pop, when you see his when you see his body all like this, he's just like stretching. He's like, I've been sleeping on a bunk. Like he's just like, his back feels weird. That's all that's happening. Um, does anyone have any questions about tour? Yeah. Questions? Questions? Yeah. Really? What? Like, why is there a toilet on the bus and you can't poop in it? You can pee in it. Um, well, number one, that's a great point. You can pee in a bottle. I will say the bus is moving. The toilet's a little bigger than a bottle. So it's easier for the body that I have. Um, but the reason you can't poop on the bus is because somebody has to clean it and it's your bus driver and you know your bus driver and your bus driver knows you. So it's a weird, it's a weird situation that I, that human beings just, it's not that you can't, like, it's not like the toilet explodes. It's that... It's that you know this person and you're going to see them tomorrow and there isn't really anywhere for the poop to go. So you just poop and then you go to a person that you're going to see all the time. Touch my poop. And so then there's like a gentlewoman's agreement that you're not going to do that. (laughs) There does have to be a better way. That's right. That's why I'm touring the nation talking about bus poop until we get to the bottom of this, our nation's biggest problem. Um... So many things happened while we were gone also. And we were on this bus together and trying to, like, talk to each... I mean, it was Rhea and I, and then we had a tour manager. Um, so it was just the three of us, and, like, the bus driver sleeps when you're awake, and they're awake when you're asleep, so you don't even usually see that person except to high-five and be like, thank you for not pooping. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Like, enjoy yourself. Um, <laughs> but so many things happened over the last week. It's very... Something that I will say that just maybe you... I don't know. It's, it's so isolating, 
to have the job that I have sometimes because you talk to so many people, but none of the conversations are actually two-sided. I set this up for myself. There was a time when I was like, I want to talk at them and they will listen. And then you get really good at that. And then people are like, we'll pay you. And you're like, oh, shut up. Okay. And then um, eventually you just realize all your conversations are you talking at somebody and then somebody talking at you. So I'm really happy to be home where uh, I have, you know, like, um, what's the word? Friends. <laughs> Friends. <laughs> Not just Rhea, who's amazing, but it's too much time. <laughs> she would agree. We're very honest about this. Any other questions? Any other cues? Before we move on to the rest of the show, I just didn't think there would actually be a question, but now I feel like I want to know if there are others. Speak at the same time and at the same volume and while looking at each other. Let's see whose voice wins. What do you have to say? Will you do that material here for us sometime? Wow, what a great question. We probably won't, but that's for a specific reason. You might be able to hear it some other way. What if I just went into a trap door? What was your question? Did you have a favorite city? Thank you so much for asking. Um... You know what? I liked Carborough, North Carolina a lot. Have you ever heard of that place? It's very cool. It's right next to Chapel Hill. You can, like, they're actually, they're directly adjacent. You can walk from one to the other. And Carborough is like a weird little artsy place. And I don't know if you know what's going on politically in North Carolina, but it's there's a lot of, like, anti-trans bathroom bills and shit's kind of nuts. But Carborough is, like, this amazing enclave where literally, like, every business has, like, 12, ra- like, rainbows in front of rainbows in front of rainbows being, it's just like, we're all really cool with you. Like, it's all that. But also, there's a lot. It's not, it's like, there's people of color and white people living together. What? And it's, you know, very small. And um, anyway, I like that place. Okay, well, I feel like the rest of the show can start. But, you know, I really feel like when a gift you can give to a group of comics is to start the show with like a casual Q&A so that the audience feels so that the audience feels okay to yell you know like because a lot of times comics go oh I seamlessly did my set without anybody interrupting me with a question and I wish that they had sort of sort of questioned me so you don't have to feel that way on this show because Cammy's set you up right No, the question and answer period was just for me, Cameron Esposito, um, and the rest of the comics just want to do stand-up comedy for you. That's the agreement. Um, you're not going to poop because they don't want to clean it. Right? Oh. Well, everybody, you've been wonderful. It's so nice to be back home. Uh, I can't even remember who's up first. Oh, it's a friend. Um, you know what? This comic... I first knew them as uh, somebody out of San Francisco, but I just found out they recently moved to New York, so that's very exciting, in town visiting us. I think this person is hilarious, and you are going to love them. Let's hear it right now for Kate Willett. Give it up for Kate! Hello, you guys. Keep it going for Cameron! Hello, hello. Anybody been getting stressed out about the political events in recent times? I am very mad that Republicans are trying to take away birth control, and I'm also mad that my male friends don't care about it, which I feel like is very confusing to me because I hang out with like a bunch of degenerate alcoholic dudes who I feel like don't realize that abortion and birth control are like the bedrock of the fuckboy lifestyle. <laughs> it's not just about women, okay? It's their rights too. You're like... You know, in a time before abortion and birth control, like, women used to just fuck guys with jobs. Like, (laughs) if you were a guy and you wanted to get laid, you pretty much had to have a job and a wife, all right? If you wanted to have sex with someone who wasn't your wife, sometimes you did it with your secretary, and you still have to have a job for that. There was... Pretty much no way out. Times have changed, man. Like, I don't even know a guy under 35 who isn't a recreational DJ. I mean, maybe exists, but I haven't met him. I know that I once had sex with a man because he had a cool bike. And then I told that joke at a show, and a lady came up to me afterwards and was like, whoa, I had sex with a guy because he had a cool bike. And then it turns out it was the same guy. Obviously an extremely cool bike, you know? 
But I'm just saying, it's not just about me. I'm fighting for him, too. His body, his choice to be a 31-year-old barista. We are all in this together. Um, I was thinking about it, and even though it feels discouraging right now, I still do think that women are making progress. Like, my problem is that it feels like it's only in the success direction. Like, I believe we'll have a female president one day, but I still feel like women can't really pass out places, you know? It's like, there's a glass ceiling, but there's a glass gutter as well. And I am really trying to shatter it. I try to take small, disgusting actions every day, you know, act locally. I see a lot of my male friends, like, scratching their nuts and stuff like that. Like, you guys do this pocket thing that you don't think that we know about? Yeah, we know. I see you. I wouldn't even bring it up uh, except for the fact that I can't scratch my vagina, and that's not because it doesn't itch, my friends, all right? If anything, it probably itches a little more because i got to trim it up to please the patriarchy or whatever. I feel like people can't even think about women as being like degenerates. You know, like if I ask you to think of like a, a doctor or a lawyer or an astronaut, like you can picture a lady for one of those things, right? But like if I'm like, yeah, imagine a scumbag or a dirtbag, like it's a guy every time. I feel like that's so unfair. Like half the time when I hear a lady being like, oh my God, it was so bad yesterday. It's about carbohydrates. Like, come on. <laughs> It's, it's a weird time. I feel like I could tell that Donald Trump was going to get elected like a little before uh, some other people. I'll tell you how. I'm kind of a promiscuous woman, all right? Like, I mean, I actually prefer to think of it as attractive, but like, uh, <laughs> uh, I get shamed for it a lot. Like, a lot of my male friends will say things to me like, oh, I'm really concerned because you've been having a lot of one-night stands, and I'm like, dude, you really think I should sleep with all those douchebags again? You know, like... <laughs> Uh, I once moved to the top of a hill, so it'd be harder to skateboard up there. But uh, <laughs> but I feel like f sleeping around gave me like a unique political insight because whenever I would have sex with uh, an unsuccessful straight white guy, which by the way I didn't seek out, but you know you can meet him around comedy. Like I just. <laughs> I would just, I would see this like really specific look in their eye, like when they were like choking me, you know, it was just really real. It was like, oh, this was supposed to be my world, bitch. And I was just like, oh no, Trump's gonna win, you know? Like, it was just, yeah. Uh, very hard to have an orgasm when you're worried about the future of the Paris Climate Agreement. Uh, like, I'm not trying to kink shame anybody. Like, I get it. You know, I just don't want it to feel too real. Like, I'm open-minded. You know, I don't personally want to be, like, whipped by a guy in leather. But I'm very down to be smacked around a little bit by a guy in a flannel. Like, I just... <laughs> I just need to feel like it's pretend, you know? Um, like, this one guy I used to sleep with from time to time would say stuff to me. He'd be like, I want to destroy that pussy. And I was just like, your goals are so unrealistic. You know, like... <laughs> Vaginas are extremely resilient. We have <laughs> menstruation. We have childbirth. It's like, dude, you're not going to destroy that pussy. If it makes you feel any better, you have had a very negative impact on my life. <laughs> That's the best I can do for you, you know? Um, I feel like men have such unrealistic expectations too now of like what women's bodies are supposed to look like. Like this one man, he told me that he was afraid to go down on me because I had pubic hair. Scared, that was the word that he used, <laughs> scared. <sighs> I just had to gently remind him that men used to have to fight wars. <laughs> <laughs> Your grandpa was in the trenches, you can get in the bushes, my friend. <laughs> All right, you guys, thank you so much. Great, right? Great, great. How are you? How are you doing? I'm great. Yes, I was speaking. <laughs> yes, I scared you so much because then it's weird if I can see you, right? I am real and I'm talking in an acknowledging way. Um, how are you? How's your day? It's good. Yeah, what'd you do? Well, we didn't do much today, but we went to Regina's 
And you have a great brand new t-shirt. <laughs> you went to a Regina Spectre concert last night? I'm not sure. Is it a, are you thinking of the word road? <laughs> it's a paved slab. I almost, just, I almost just knocked my own teeth out because I was so pleased with myself. <laughs> What do you mean? Wait, what did you drive up? From where? What do you... San Diego. San Diego. That makes more sense. Got it. You drove up from San Diego on the highway, and it was bad. Is this what you're saying? I feel like we're communicating perfectly. That we get each other and we're communicating perfectly. So Regina Spector was in San, San, San Diego last night, and that's where you live. No. We're from Colorado. Naturally. <laughs> you're from Colorado, and you're just driving around seeing shows on slabs. <laughs> what are you taking? We're taking a slab trip. <laughs> She's back! <laughs> um, you live in Colorado and you're just driving around the Southern Calif- cities in Southern California seeing shows? No. No? You work so much. You don't have to tell me. three days off, so we decided to fly up here. Uh-huh. Go to see that show and come here. And then we were like, oh, we remembered you are here. Oh my god, I'm so grateful. Thank you for scheduling me into your three days off. It's probably like are on an ambulance like seven days a week. Well listen, I want here's what I want you to do. I want to talk more to you and hear what your jobs are where you're on an ambulance seven days a week. I'm going to assume EMT of some sort, not dead thing. But hang on. I wanna bring up what I wanna do is I wanna keep the show rolling because Here's one thing about Cameron Esposito, especially when Rhea's not here. I am a time suck. I can talk to you, the audience, for fucking ever. And then all the producers, they go, Cameron! You're you're talking! For the whole show. So, anyway. Um, (laughs) Thank you for being here. You're lovely. Let's revisit this in a little bit. Round of applause for these people. I also feel so honored um, because also Tegan and Sarah are playing tonight. Yeah! She told us that. I know. Did you just find out now? Was I the one who told you? Yeah. Well, you can't make it. It's like already started. They're in Seattle on Friday. Are you a clapper? Is that who is like so talking it's like i reward you reward one person one time by saying that they are leading a clap parade they're in see they live in colorado i can't help it i love to you and sarah what is going on with this fucking audience listen motherfucker i was there last night okay who loves them more who loves them more i will they're in the middle of their set. I dare you to put them on. Let's see who can lip sync battle. No, I mean, they're my friends. I win. <laughs> like, I mean, I actually know them. So you just go to hell. You lost so hard. That's so embarrassing. Um, okay, yes, well, great. How do comics like the audience? Disjointed and rowdy! They like it to be a half-empty room, but everybody's yelling about different stuff, just suggesting future cultural events in different cities that aren't here. Yeah, well, if you like them, they're gonna be in London! I can't even tell you where St. Vincent's gonna be soon. Like, what is happening? And then there's this 
side of the audience, which is so fucking good and like collected and just like on their shit, just smiling. Like I can only see like teeth smiling in the dark. And then like this fucking whole system here is hilarious. This is great. Well, I'm, you're a joy and a pleasure. Boy, is this the perfect environment to bring out another comic. Ladies and friends and gentlemen and everyone. People of all types across the spectrum of genders and sexualities and identities. Uh, this next comic is a friend of mine, hilarious person. You are going to love them. Let's hear it right now for Sashir Zameda. Give it up for Sashir. That was a fun show. It's so fun. Yeah. I, I also feel like like silly. I don't know. That actually made me feel a little bit good because yeah. I've been like not in LA and it's nice to come back and have it still be fun. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Fun to do stand up. It's yeah. nice when it's fun. Because <laughs> it actually isn't always. So. This is so true. Sometimes it's like work. I'm doing work and that's yeah. okay. This is my job. It's okay to have your job yeah. be We're work. actually very spoiled because <laughs> most of the time our work doesn't feel like work. Right, right. Because when it does, we're like, ew. Laughing. I know. Gross. Stop infringing on my good time. Yeah. Um, how are you as I'm a human? Good. Yeah. I'm really good, yeah. Are you visiting LA or are you I'm hanging visiting, out here yeah. for a I'm actually shooting Nicole Byer's show. She's oh. the show loosely exactly Nicole. It was on MTV. Not going to be on Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. yeah. So I'm a uh, I'm a, a prudish character to her. That's very amazing. Loose character, yeah. And I'm in a couple episodes. And then just doing meetings and stuff. Bye, great job. Yeah. So great to see you. Um, I don't come your direction that often. What is it like to come from... I mean, like, I go to New York, but mostly just, like, to headline, because yeah. there aren't, like, the same number of... Like meetings and shooting stuff right. and things. So what is it like to be based in New York and then come here? Do you I like working in LA because my body's still on New York time, so when I wake up early, I'm like ready to go, which is never the case in New York. I'm <laughs> always late to everything and Amazing. I'm always really tired. <laughs> but when like when I'm here I'm like, Woo, this feels great. It's like noon where I'm from. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Yeah. That's if I mean, if you're planning to be on time and you're three hours early, you will be <laughs> yeah. early. Like, you'll yeah, be early. I just yeah. will be. Yeah. <laughs> well, so everyone in L.A. thinks I'm doing great right, right, as right. far as punctuality. You have always seemed highly functional to me and specifically punctual. So that's now the nice veil has been pierced. Yeah. Um, enjoy your time hey, in L.A. Yeah. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, this is so fun. Awesome. Hey, PYHD listeners, Cameron here. And oh, you know what? This is our first ad. I am so excited to finally be supporting the podcast um, and all the amazing work that Ryan does woot woot, with a little spot for your friend and mine, HelloFresh. That's right. HelloFresh is the meal kit delivery service that makes cooking more fun so you can focus on the whole experience, not just the final plate. HelloFresh currently offers customers a classic box, a veggie box, and a family box. Customers can order three, four, or five different meals per week, designed for either two or four people. New recipes are created every week. HelloFresh is constantly experimenting in the kitchen to let fresh, natural ingredients shine. They offer ever-changing menus, classic ingredients, and easy-to-follow recipes to help you feel good inside and out. Each week, HelloFresh creates new delicious recipes with step-by-step instructions designed to take around 30 minutes for everyone from novices to seasoned home cooks short on time. HelloFresh sources the freshest ingredients measured to the exact quantities needed so there's no food waste. HelloFresh employs two full-time registered dietitians. They're registered on staff who review each recipe to ensure it is nutritionally balanced. And get this, the price point is less than 10 bucks a meal. For $30 off your first week of HelloFresh, visit HelloFresh.com and enter PYHT. It's that easy. Just go to HelloFresh.com, use the code PYHT for 30 bucks off your first meal. Friends, I did a great job. I feel confident about my ad skills, and I really appreciate you listening to Put Your Hands Together each week. Enjoy the rest of the show. Very true. 
just really true shit. You know what I mean? Very true stuff. Plus, I don't know. Do you know what that made me think of is, I don't know why this is true, but uh, when I was in high school, I went to doctor camp. (laughs) Which is a camp that you can go to if you think you want to be a doctor. It's also a great camp you want to go to if you want to learn that you definitely don't want to be a doctor. Because we had to, like, see cadavers. I was like, I'm 16! (laughs) The person who was showing us the cadaver, when we walked into, we walked into a room where they were, like, where medical students were working on cadavers, and the first thing that I noticed was that somebody was eating a sandwich. (laughs) Not one of the dead people. There was a living person eating, like, a Dagwood, the comic strip-sized sandwich. (laughs) while looking into another person's body. Um, and then the person who was showing us around went like, this is my cadaver. Look, this part of their back is free sta- is like, has already been removed. I, it, you can pick it up. And he picked up the, ba- per- the part of this person's back and then he dropped it on the floor. <laughs> and I had to run out of the room because I thought I was going to vomit. And I was like, I, I actually don't think I'm going to be a doctor. <laughs> um, but I did find out cool number one fact... <laughs> Guys, we all know this. What is the number one thing that happens in an ER? What is the most common thing that they are treating in an ER? BS. What is it? BS. BS? Incorrect. (laughs) Not BS. When you hear this, you're going to be like, that is not bullshit. Stuff that has gone into a butt. And it stayed in there. Because people are using things to put in their butts that are not actually like toys. You know, toys have to, you have to have like a, you have to have a wider end so it doesn't get sucked up in your bottom. But we're so embarrassed. We're taught to be so embarrassed of our sexuality. People are not getting the right toys and they're just like using whatever. And then, listen, they're not going to tell you this on Grey's Anatomy. But most of being an ER doctor is like, Okay, in that room, he, there's something in that person's butt. And then in that room, also something in that person's butt. That's somebody's butt. And they have a broken arm. <laughs> it's not, we shouldn't laugh, but oh my God. That poor person who's like, can you imagine the moment where you're like, because you, you don't go to the hospital right away. You're at home going like, I can solve this. <laughs> And it's like, it's like after a while, like, it's like, and then you go like, oh no, and then you have to go to the hospital. It's tough to think about that moment for that person. The moment where they're looking themselves, they're sweating and they're leaned over their own sink, looking themselves in the eye. Come on, you can do it. You can get it out. Come on. And then you just go, oh no. And then do you drive yourself? And if so, are you standing? <laughs> Never mind. Um, okay. Well, listen, so we should use proper, proper toys. That's all I'm saying. Okay, great. Um, guys, friends, pals, strangers. Uh, this next comic, it is their first time on the show. You know, whenever somebody's first time on the show, we just go wild and we welcome them with an extra loud round of applause. Are we ready to do that? <laughs> are we ready to do that? <laughs> friends we have three more comics this next comic is also a first timer on the show so we're also going to welcome them with so much joy in our hearts yes we're going to keep it going led by this person who also plays for the dodgers very cool to see you your teammate you must be exhausted it was so hot out there but you got so many good ones Oh, we're here to keep the show right on rolling. Let's hear it. Please welcome to the stage, Daniel Webb. Give it up. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's 
me. Oh my God, that's me. Oh, hi. Hello. How are you? Hi. How's it going? My name's Daniel. Nice to see you. Hello. Hi. How's it going? Hi. Uh, a little bit about me in case we haven't met before. Uh, I'm Daniel. Uh, I'm from Texas. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Ouch. Uh, what else about me? I'm in the closet. Uh, let's just get that out of the way. What else about me? Uh, oh, and I just had a birthday. Thank you. Thank you. I know I'm 35, but don't worry with my clothes off. I look 45. Um, oh my God. For my birthday, I went to Wendy's because that's where old people go. And I pulled up to the drive-thru and I ordered my food and I gave the lady my debit card and she gave me my Frosty. And then she gave me back my debit card and said, I'm sorry, sir, your card's been declined. And I looked at the Frosty she'd already handed me and I drove away. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> she didn't know, you know. My God. I ordered pizza. I went home. I was starving. I ordered pizza. I was just going to pay cash, you know, because I'm common. And, like, A, the pizza guy, like, caught me peeking out the window like somebody stood me up on prom night. But also, like, I, li I live alone, you know. And, like, so, uh, so every time I order pizza, I turn into my empty apartment. I always just go, the pizza's here, you know. And then I eat it, you know. Me. I do. Um, I'm 35. I like, you know, I feel young. You know what I mean? Like, I know who MGMT is. You know what I mean? But like, my God. I do feel like I just, like, woke up in my mid-30s, though. You know what I mean? Like, like that poor woman that got bit by that shark in Pacific Palisades. I know. I'm like, I'm watching the news, and they're like, a 35-year-old woman got bit by a shark. I'm like, what's that old bitch doing swimming out in the ocean? <gasps> that could have been me. You know, my God, it goes fast. It goes so fast. Um, I'm just like, you know, I'm, a, I'm not, you know, I'm not worried about it. You know what I mean? I am just like worried, like, who is going to take care of my ass when I'm old? You know what I mean? It's like, what's going to happen to me? You know, it's just like, I'm just going to be like a series of silver alerts. You know, those, those amber alerts for old people. That's going to be me. You know, you're going to be on the highway. See that big stupid sign. It's going to say missing old queen. And you're going to go, oh my God, Daniel. <laughs> you know, like. Last seen in her Hyundai Sonata with, like, you know, skyrocketing estrogen levels, you know, just like going to Palm Springs to get day drunk and brow chandeliers, you know? It's fucking awful. Anyway, happy to be here. Um, oh my God. Um, so I'm from Texas. I'm from Texas. My God, I love Los Angeles. I love living in Los Angeles. I, lo I So far, I've lived here. So far, my car's been towed twice. Thank you. And this is not a joke. My Uber driver pulled a gun on somebody. I was like, am I in a movie? I love Hollywood. I was, and I was, I know, I was like, I was going to call the cops, but he was so sexy. <laughs> Let it go. You know, I just, uh, and, like, I'm from, you know, I'm not afraid of guns. You know what I mean? I just, like, have no business, like, holding a gun. You know what I mean? Like, me holding a gun looks about as natural as me, like, penetrating a woman. You know, I just, like, <laughs> bang. <laughs> it doesn't work. You know, my God. I, I do. I love Los Angeles. I love living in Los Angeles. Um, when I moved here, I lived with two friends, right? They're straight. Uh, one guy is this like six foot nine swimmer from Illinois. And the other guy, is, he's a 31 year old French model from France. Okay. And neither one of them had ever heard of a shirt. It's fucking fabulous. And the guy like, he goes, yeah, in Chicago, I'm like a 10. And in LA, I'm like a six. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I mean, in Texas, I'm like a three. You know what I mean? It's like, the fuck am I in Los Angeles? And it turns out I'm not even a number. I'm just this sad-faced emoji. It's like, I fucking love it here. Oh, my God. Uh, it's like, and it's like, I just don't fit in. You know what I mean? I don't work out. Like, I, like all you people are crazy. Like, I've been to CrossFit once. Have you been to CrossFit? Those people are insane, right? <laughs> Tie this sectional couch to your back and drag it down the street! <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I just shit my pants. <laughs> oh my God. I, le I left CrossFit. I went straight to Del Taco. I was there, you know what I mean? My God, I do love Del Taco. It's like one of my favorite. It reminds me of a vagina. <laughs> it's like I've never been in either one of them sober. I fucking love it there. It's my favorite place. Oh my God. I love living in Los Angeles. It's so funny. I love it. I have no job. <laughs> I have no job. <laughs> I mean, like, this year for Christmas, you're all getting garlic bread. I have no job. <laughs> fuck is going on you know what I mean it's like and I've been doing a lot of online shopping and financially speaking I'm in danger you know it's like fuck it's like, 
so crazy. I've just been Googling things, you know what I mean? I Googled, I Googled when to use a comma, and I discovered I don't know anything about anything. <laughs> Fuck, I've been watching television all day, I've been watching Family Feud like a thirsty dog, you know? What the fuck is going on with Family Feud? You know, it's like, right, that's an old show. You know what I mean? It's like, when did that show get so sexually explicit? You know, right? Every single question on Family Feud is like, we asked a hundred housewives, name something you want to suck. <laughs> and like, it's always the sweetest family member, right, to buzz in first and be like, dick. Like, Nana? on television, you know? Oh my God, I love it. My real weakness is I fucking love watching the news. The news is my favorite thing in the world. I fucking, I love when shit goes wrong. You know, it's my favorite. Like Hillary Clinton wrote a book. What Like, bitch, you lost. Like, that's not a book, that's a pamphlet. You know what I mean? It's like, I love, the news is the best thing in the world. You need to watch the Spanish channel news. Anybody canal Azteca? Anybody? No? Y'all need to plug into this shit because the Spanish channel is like the only Spanish where the news is just footage of UFOs, or like, you know, a bunch of Guatemalan police officers wrestling a llama. Like, I saw it, the llama went down. It was fucking amazing. And, like, and the news anchor is always just some like juicy woman with her areolas hanging out. Like, you gotta watch the news, you know? I will say this though, like the president has ruined the news. Like, I'm not gonna talk about him, don't worry. You know, it's like mama always said, if you don't have something nice to say about a bitch, she'll say anything at all. But like, you know? I'm so afraid of his children, right? Wow. Who elected these goons? <laughs> Fucking invasion of the yuppie body snatchers, you know, right? <laughs> Donald Trump Jr. makes a bazillion dollars a year and that son of a bitch can't afford a chin. What the fuck? <laughs> I hate them. I hate Ivanka Trump Jr. I hate Eric Trump. I hate Gollum Trump. You know, I hate... Sorry, Tiffany Trump. Sorry, Tiffany. For... Oh, please. If Tiffany Trump's eyes were any further apart, they'd be close together. It's <laughs> a little math joke. Thanks, everybody. My name is Daniel Webb. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. It's a very mean and very accurate thing to say about a person. Oh no! And like, also, when you move to, you know what? Because Daniel was talking about watching Family Feud. First of all, I just want you all to know that I had an opportunity to be on Family Feud, but I had to do some other work and I had to turn it down. So, wow, I've been living with that trauma. But also, when I first moved here with Rhea, we had no, like, access to... We only had, four, like, four channels, and we found America's Funniest Home Videos and decided, like, we were so raw. Moving to L.A. was so difficult, and we were so raw and clinging to each other and having a hard time in the city that I'm going to tell you that we thought... We were like, wait, this show is, like, good like, this is like a good show like I like why did I ever stop watching this oh my god that squirrel is like that squirrel's got like so many nuts in his mouth <laughs> like I dropped a couch out the window you know like, anyway um, we watched all the episodes shit <laughs> so what I'm saying is moving is really hard <laughs> you can turn on yourself real quickly I don't know if I need to remind you, we are also both professional comedians <laughs> who were like, this is so funny. Why are we, why did we move here to try to do this job when it's so funny when somebody gets sprayed in the genitals? <laughs> anyway, um, guys, friends, pals, people. Got two comics left. That's right, yes, two. Uh, uh, this person is hilarious and seemed to enjoy that Tiffany Trump no, joke a lot as well. Um... <laughs> You are gonna very much love her. Let's hear it right now for Nicole Byer. Give it up. I did love that joke so much. It was very funny to me because it reminded me of Brandy. Anywho. <laughs> So I've been traveling a lot. Has anyone ever been to Cincinnati? 
You sounded too excited. You're wrong. Um, I don't like Cincinnati. It was very boring. It was very terrible. But also, I didn't know that the Cincinnati airport is actually in Kentucky. That's not Cincinnati! I was driving around. I saw a Welcome to Ohio sign. I was like, where the fuck have I been? Where the fuck did I land? And then for whatever reason, my GPS had me on all these back roads, like legit dirt paths. And all I could think was, is this a scenic tour of where I'm gonna get hate crimed? And then, oh, too real for you nice white people? Too real? And then <laughs> I came across this big gray boarded up house that said free watermelon. And I was like, mm-mm. <laughs> Okay, this is, this is a new one. I don't know how it's gonna go, but last night I was watching a documentary on the KKK, the Ku Klux Klan, and they were talking about grand wizards, and then they started talking about cyclopses and shit. And I was like, whoa, what? What do you people call each other? And then I was like, this is pretty similar to Harry Potter. They go out in their robes, Harry Potter, they wear a robe. They have their little clan sticker here. They have their little Hogwarts sticker here. Okay, that's not going well. Um, um, I'm gonna keep going with it though. Okay, so they... <laughs> in the KKK, they have grand dragons. There's dragons in Harry Potter. Hagrid had a dragon. A Weasley fought a dragon. They have the great titans. That's like them big bitches from the Goblet of Fire. They... <laughs> They have a literal thing called the Grand Giant. That's literally Hagrid. And then the Grand Giant is assisted by goblins, like them bitches and green gods. Or green gods. Okay, and then... <laughs> this is going well. And they have Grand Cyclopses, which I said before, which is assisted by two Nighthawks with a Grand Turk, a Grand Monk, and a lower-level ghoul. That's all, like, Patronuses or shit from the, the fucking Forbidden Forest. And and obviously, muggles are black people. <laughs> I'ma work it out, guys. <laughs> because it's real, it's real. J.K. Rowling's all the way in England and she's like, this shit's interesting, I'm gonna snatch it. Okay. <laughs> okay. I just want you guys to know that I'm a fat lady and I just want you to know that I know that you know and sometimes I say that and audiences immediately feel bad for me they're like oh no she knows <laughs> and truly you don't have to feel bad for me I'm doing great you heard that joke before I'm very confident in half-baked ideas also I will steal your dinner lie about it and take you out to a second dinner I think the real problem is I'm a little bit dishonest and then a little bit of a hamburglar, but truly, <laughs> there's a real double standard in comedy. Like, a dude can get on stage, a fat dude, and just be like, ha, I haven't seen my dick in a year! And then the crowd is like, not uncomfortable. They're just like, ha, that's so funny. <laughs> it's because he's fat. <laughs> but then the minute I get on stage and I'm like, I haven't seen my pussy in a year! Everyone's just like, oh, no. <laughs> Oh, no. She's just been putting her hands in the folds. Oh. <laughs> I love that joke because of the visual. Like, it's just like me at home being like, oh, why aren't I coming? <laughs> oh, where's my clit? <laughs> oh, I'm having fun. Okay, here's a question. Why is our weight on our driver's license? In California, your weight is on your driver's license. Why does the government need to know how fat I'm getting? Also, who's arguing with me? My driver's license is 150 pounds. I haven't been 150 pounds and I don't know when. But I wrote it on the form at the DMV. I handed it to the lady. She looked at the form. She looked at me. She looked at the form. She looked at me. And I was like, I did! 
I dare you to say something. And if you do, you better have a fucking scale for me to step on, bitch. When I get my license renewed, I'm gonna put 90 pounds. I just wanna talk about weight. I want someone to look at it and be like, where's the rest of the equation? Here's another question. Why are we so nice to pregnant women? They're just fat women. We both made a choice to be that big. And before you say no, Nicole, it's different. They're nice, they're precious, they have a baby inside, they have life inside. No, we're the same. We're both carrying the weight of some mistakes. And then pregnant ladies are always getting you to like touch their stomach. They're like, feel it. Do you feel him kicking? Do you feel it? How come I can't walk around and go, do you feel it? Do you feel it? It's a spicy chicken sandwich. Do you feel it digesting? This is my bundle of joy. And it's gonna grow up to be a piece of shit, much like your baby. (laughs) I fucking hate kids. I hate them on airplanes. They're like a third carry-on. Put them in the overhead bin. (laughs) You guys are fun. What else do I want to do? I don't know. Okay, okay, dating. Dating's hard! (laughs) It's so hard! I just hooked up with this dude. I sat in his lukewarm hot tub for 45 minutes only to find out that he had a fucking lizard in his room and I still fucked him. I'm just like out here rewarding bad behavior. I then went on a date with a man who in his picture seemed tall, but he tricked me. He was very short and he had a stutter. There's nothing wrong with having a stutter. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm not shaming you for having a stutter. But if you have a stutter, you have to be interesting, okay? You cannot be boring with a stutter! Because if I'm gonna wait for the end of a sentence, it better be good! You guys have been great. I'm Nicole Byers. Thank you so much. left oh we're gonna just let's just bring him right out because i'm gonna chat so much i didn't even find out more about you thank you for driving an ambulance or whatever it is that you do (laughs) this side of the room one more time for them (laughs) and let's hear for these people (laughs) please put your hands together and welcome our final comment stage moses storm give it up for moses for everyone you've seen tonight. You very rowdy crowd. It is good to be home. I just got back legitimately from Washington, Washington D.C. Voice already cracked. That's a very bad start. I uh, just got back from Washington, D.C., and unlike me, there is an unabashed confidence there that is unfathomable. So the first night I was there, it was Friday, I went out after shows, and me going out consists of me holding a warm Miller light and immediately breaking eye contact with any woman that looks at me. And there's this girl that is yelling at an entire booth of her friends. She goes, fuck this, I know you're talking shit about me. I guess the issue is that she is on a group chat with all of these people, and she found out that there is a second group chat. Without her, which next to ISIS is also my second greatest fear. So she's yelling at them. She goes, fuck you. I don't fucking need any of your bullshit. I'm fucking out of here. She leaves. She turns around one last time and says this. Best line ever. She goes, and yeah, I need a ride home. (laughs) What kind of confidence is that? There is nothing funnier than being sassy and needing help. Sir, what is your name? Roger. Roger, Roger. More like, don't call him Roger. And yeah, I need your kidney to survive. <laughs> I was not a confident kid. We grew up on uh, welfare. My mom was a single parent. And the technical term for a family on welfare, what the government actually called us, and I never liked this term, is food insecure. That's a real term that the government uses. 
food insecure just makes like a pretty serious issue just sound adorable. Come on, show us your food. No. You little shy guy, why don't you show us that bread? Like I'm starving, not bashful. You miss out on certain things as a poor kid. Like we never had ice cream growing up. The closest thing we had to ice cream, and I hesitate to even call it that, Every once in a while, my mom would buy us that like giant clear value bucket of ice cream. Do you remember those where they were like too cheap to even be a real flavor? We have white and we have darker white. And my mom only bought us that ice cream, this is completely true, because she needed the bucket. At Walmart, a mopping bucket costs $6.99. Value bucket of ice cream, $4.99. It was cheaper than an empty bucket. Do you know how shitty your ice cream has to be for it to actually depreciate the value of an empty bucket? That means people are like, ah, I don't want that bucket if ice cream's been in there. It might ruin my dirty mop water. And it baffled me as a kid how this ice cream was even made. How? How could someone mess up the recipe for ice cream? Ice cream. The name is already half of the ingredients. I don't expect everyone in this room just to know how to make absinthe from scratch, but if absinthe was called vodka, and dirty licorice water. Motherfucker, you better get close. I would always get taunted by those commercials for real ice cream. What would you do for a Klondike bar? I don't know. I've never been tested. I've never understood the male fantasy of wanting to hook up with a virgin. It's a whole genre of person hooked up with this chick, virgin, gross. Why is that good? Sex has to be the only time where inexperience is desired. Like I couldn't, I couldn't convince you guys to go to a concert tonight and be like, oh my God, you have to go to the Hollywood Bowl. There's this girl, she has never played guitar before. She's gonna like learn as she goes. Like, oh, that sounds awful. I guess, will, will she at least be enjoying herself? No, she's actually gonna be in a lot of pain. People are actually showing up to this? Yeah, guys actually come early. I was the worst person, and by no means am I putting that on her, I was the worst person to lose your virginity to. Why? Because I thought I knew about sex. That's the worst type of partner. How did I know? Well, I had stolen my older sister's Cosmopolitan magazine. Seven tips to drive your partner wild. Boom, these are going in the arsenal. Now, at 18, no one had told me that Cosmopolitan had never had sex before. A very real thing that Cosmopolitan published, to drive your partner wild, you are supposed to, not changing a word of this, kiss around their jawline as you softly hum. So... I did that to a real human woman that I had no intention of murdering. I did that to her for 36 minutes. Well, how do you know it was 36 minutes? Well, the sex playlist I had created for such an occasion timed out to 35 minutes. That stopped and then started again, but I was still, mmm. The playlist, the sex playlist was filled with like, uh, it's a bad, it was filled with all like mid, mid-2000s emo rock. Remember that music? I am 30 with the emotions of a teen. <laughs> going on with those guys I remember like legitimately connecting with that music as a child and be like yeah hope does dangle on a string like slow spinning redemption winding in and winding out but like looking back those were like full grown men which means either these grown men were pandering to us kids just to sell records or and even more interesting these 30-year-old men were legitimately not over shit that happened to them in high school? 
We were both 16 and it felt so right. Sleeping all day, staying up all night. That's a real song sung by a man with a receding hairline. We go with dad, dad, in an alley around. Go pick up your kids from middle school. Thank you guys so much. We love this one. You know what's, I think the one funny, the, the thing about what Moses just talked about, those songs, is I think that the people who relate to those are uh, p- young adults that are coming out. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, I, like, when I, the number of songs that made sense to me when I was making out with a woman for the first time and was like, 19, but was definitely like dashboard confessional made so much sense to me. Like, like what, what did they think they were singing about? Have you listened to any Beach Boys song? What did they think they were singing about? Rhea and I literally, we walked down the aisle to, uh, to after we got married, and then you go, like, Yay! We, we, uh, my choice, we left, um, on, uh, is it then I kissed her or then... Yeah, then I kissed her. That's what it's called. Well, I walked up to her and I asked her if she wanted to dance. She looked mighty nice, so I thought we might have a chance. And then I asked her to be my bride and always be right by my side. I felt so happy I almost died and then I kissed her. That is what's being gay is. <laughs> I just, you know, anyway, all, what I'm saying is, all your art belongs to us. All your art are belong to us. Eventually. <laughs> okay, you guys, thank you so much for being at the show tonight. Tomorrow night, I'm going to go to the World Series, which is a real change for me, because tonight, as you know, I played in the World Series. So, go Dodgers. (laughs) And also, please enjoy the rest of your week. We will be right back here next Tuesday, which is Halloween. That was my first time ever doing that sound effect. And I felt like that was perfect and almost... Ryan, can you capture that, cut it out, and sell it to Walgreens or something? (laughs) Put it inside of a squishy jack-o'-lantern. Okay, thank you guys. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh with your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap with your hands together. Put your hands together. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.